0: You are listening to the Nirvana Podcast, bonus episode 2, live tonight, sold out. Hello, everybody, welcome to the Nirvana Podcast. My name is Sietze. I almost, I almost forgot <laughs> saying my name after this one. Yeah,
1: I was, I was waiting for you to say your name so I could say my name. Yeah, because, is, uh, you did, yeah.
0: Yeah, we, we always start the same way, but yep. it's been such a long time that I guess it's sort of out of my system now. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Our regular listeners, uh, of course, know that uh, we have kind of finished our two season journey through the lives and careers of the Nirvana members. Yep. And now we're only doing some. Bonus episodes every now and then when we feel like there's something to talk about. Yep. Yeah. This is one of those uh, bonus episodes. Yeah. It also means that every episode could be the very last one we do. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) We don't
0: make any future promises uh, anymore, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy that we're back.
1: Yeah, me too. And this was a uh, good episode idea that we didn't think of.
0: No, that's right. As you probably heard in the introduction or you've seen in the title of the podcast, uh, we are going to discuss uh, the movie uh, Life Tonight Sold Out. Yeah, we totally have one of our listeners uh, to thank for that. His name is Jerry. He wrote us an email a couple of weeks uh, ago and he said, I really enjoyed your podcast, but I was wondering why you never covered the video Life Tonight Sold Out. For a lot of American teenagers in the 90s, this was a definitive Nirvana release. It captures their humor and sensibility so well and has some all-time great live clips. If you're thinking about topics for bonus episodes, I absolutely think this video would be a great deep dive. And uh, yeah, we only could agree with Gary. So uh, here we are.
1: Yes, for sure. It was yeah. uh, nice uh, nice to get into that uh, a yeah, bit I, more.
0: I, I replied to Gary's email and I, was, I didn't really have a good answer. I don't think we've even ever mentioned this video. No,
1: I was thinking never exactly came the same up. thing. It never came up. And he mentions that for American teenagers, this was really important. Uh, it might have been that for us Europeans, it was less so. I'm not sure. It wasn't
0: a big thing for me. By only defense, I could say, well, I don't have a strong personal connection with it from um, back when I was a teenager. For a long, long time, I thought it was just a live concert video and I wasn't that interested in it, I I guess. I don't really know why. The
1: title is also a bit confusing. It sounds like one of those live compilations that isn't really any good, basically.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, it's not that nope. uh, for the people who are maybe not familiar with the movie or perhaps haven't seen it in, in a long, long while. It's, it's basically one big collage of live footage, uh, home videos, uh, behind the scenes stuff, TV appearances, interviews, all just...
1: Sort of a mashup of those things. And what I found interesting when I started looking into this, which I never realized before was that this actually was something that Kurt was working on and had ideas for, but eventually it got finished by the rest of the band. There's some statement at the beginning as well about that. Yeah. That never really co- occurred to me, but yeah, it was something that at least he was uh, he was working on and uh, had uh, I think bigger ideas for than we see in the finished movie now. But
0: <laughs> True, well, yeah. although it, it's kind of Speculation, because we don't really know that. But um, yeah, they started working um, on the movie with uh, director Kevin Kerslake... Uh, who also made a couple of their uh, music videos, yep. but then they got too busy with other things. And yep. then Kurt, of course, had his personal problems. And they also had a fallout with Curse Lake, uh, yep. ended up in a lawsuit. If you want to know more <laughs> about, about that, uh, check out our uh, podcast about the music videos that Nirvana yep. did. Well, we discussed that a bit, a bit more. So um, that's the reason why it never got finished uh, during Kurt's life. But... Pretty soon after he passed away, in fact, the same year, nineteen ninety-four, it was finished, like you said, by the other band members and uh, an editor called Steve McCorkle. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Have you uh, Google searched Steve McCorkle? No,
1: I have not. Yeah,
0: I have, and I found on uh, IMDb that he did several music uh, films, okay, including one by uh, Blind Melon.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Which is a band I don't know that much about, but I absolutely love their breakout song yes. uh, "No Rain." I think that's, I have uh, the uh, that's wonderful. Uh,
1: I have the single at oh, home. Oh really? <laughs> on on vinyl. Oh no, oh. that's <laughs> yeah. cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, he has some um, experience uh, with doing music videos. Although I don't know if he did that before this or after this. I I don't really know. Uh, and the other uh, surviving band members also uh, oversaw the project. I think. And the basic idea for this this podcast is that we're going. Uh, have a look at some, not randomly selected, but some <laughs> some <laughs> scenes and some pieces of the film that for some reason appeal to us or that we have something to say about either you know, positively or negatively. Negatively, uh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> and
1: I think maybe one thing that's that's also good to mention is that it was the intention of Kurt and obviously also the rest of the band to, to show their life on the road and how it is to to become such a big band um he he wanted to capture something of the behind the scenes thing but not specifically like the behind the scenes thing that's just like uh, oh yeah we're funny and we're in the dressing room there's bits of that in there but it wasn't the only focus it was the whole like this is how it feels when you are a small band and you become big.
0: That's right. So uh, the main focus of the film is uh, the period right after the big break, after the release of uh, Nevermind, when Nirvana Mania totally uh, broke out. So there's no um, uh, footage from the in utero um, era and hardly any footage from their uh, early years. And uh, like you said, uh, the film starts with a message from uh, Dave and Chris explaining how uh, the video came to be. And after that, we... Right from the get-go, we get like a collage of live images and weird fragments and, and, and stuff. So, I think it, it's really great because it gi- immediately gives you a good idea of what to expect from the rest of the film. Yep. Which is, yeah, pretty random, I yep. would say. It's, <laughs> the, it's the, chaotic. The
1: be- yeah, the, be- the beginning suggests more of a coherent story than we get after, I guess. Yeah, you think so? yeah. It has this like big intro with like the music and like Star-Spangled Banner and and slow motion. And so it sort of, to me, it felt like, okay, now we're going to get to see something. And then after that, it turns into something that is, let's say, less artistic. So yeah, for me, that felt a bit like a big promise that I, I didn't really get to see later on. Oh, interesting! No,
0: I I I had a different opinion. (laughs) To me, it felt like, oh yeah, it it gives you like a yeah an idea of what to expect, which is a lot of stuff cumbled together and cut and pasted, not in a necessarily logical order or or anything. I mean, that is true. It doesn't really guide you through the music. It's just like here it is in your face and not explaining anything. So I think in the end, it's more a movie for people that already know Nirvana and like Nirvana than for people who aren't that familiar with the band. No, no, I agree. To, uh, yeah, to let them in. Anyway, after that, we quite soon get some uh, live footage. The first scene that you uh, selected uh, was from uh, Aneurysm in uh, Rio de Janeiro, 1993. A very famous uh, uh, show they did, uh, Yeah, which we have uh, discussed uh, before. So we're going to have a look at it. And of course, uh, the people uh, who are listening to the podcast can listen to it. Uh, if If you want to watch along, it's at uh, about seven and a half minutes. and uh, this is what it sounds like. Gives you an immediate idea of how big this show was. Yes. Way too big for yeah. the kind of band that, that they were.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Somewhere backstage or in the rehearsal room, playing guitar, and then it just uh, cuts to the next uh, to the next song. Why did you uh, want to highlight this piece?
1: I find it interesting how, like you said, you see that aneurysm moment where it's huge. You see the enormous audience that they have, and then all of a sudden it just. It goes to that scene of Kurt by himself playing his guitar, which is like audio wise, it's a nice in-between between between aneurysm and then going to about a girl. So I can see from a, uh, um, say, an editing point of view, like they needed something. But it's also really weird because you never see any clip like that again. There is like no context at all. It's like, is no. it backstage? What is happening here? And also because it's so early in the film, I was like, okay, we're going to see more of that. And then you never really do. It's a bit strange.
0: So would you say that you get it from an editing point of view, but not from a storytelling point of view?
1: I think that is a very good uh, summary of, uh, of what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I know what you mean. It's. Uh, I, I think it just gives you a sense of the contrast of, there they are on this big stage yeah. with over 100,000 people, I think. And then... Right after that, we see him just on the ground, strumming his guitar. Strumming his guitar alone. In some, I guess, rehearsal space, but we don't even know. They don't explain anything. I mean, it's not that they explain it poorly. They just chose not to give context or explain stuff or, um, yeah.
1: Not even for the live parts, because, I mean, you can look up what it is and where it is online. And and if you don't, I mean, as, as a fan, you recognize stuff anyway, but they don't, put like names nope. in or there dates or, or dates anything. or anything no True. it's just uh which also, i also i find that an in- interesting choice because yeah. it makes it more into a, a movie i guess
0: okay so uh, a bit further on in a in a movie we see um kurt talking about playing the big stadiums which i think is a big theme of the movie if, if you can yep. call it a theme about how big they got and how it was for for them Uh, and we just saw a a little bit of that and uh, then we go back uh, to the Rio uh, show for a song and um, yeah Kurt actually had an idea of something to do with that but uh, we'll get to that uh, afterwards Most of the time, yeah.
2: That's one of the only ways that we can really deal with the idea, the reality of of playing in front of that many people because we never ever intended to do that, you know, and it was, and I've never hardly ever enjoyed seeing, uh, watching an Arena Rock show. I think I I saw, I've only seen a few of them. I, I really liked Aerosmith when I saw them about 10 years ago. That was a really big show.
0: This is just jam- them uh, jamming and messing around yeah. on, on a big stage. Something that yeah, you would probably do in a small club or a bar, it's but okay. not <laughs> in a <the> big <laughs> no. stadium.
1: No. Their outfits are hilarious as well.
0: Yeah, Kurt wearing his crown and his female clothes. And like I said, this was one of the scenes where Kurt had a specific idea for. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to have a, have a subtitles uh, flash in and out the word bronchitis <laughs> during this uh, performance. Okay. Which would probably have to explain uh, why his songs, uh, why his voice sounds even rawer than, uh, yep. than usual. And we know this because uh, later Kurt's journals were published. I've got a book right here in front of uh, in front of me. A choice not everybody was um, happy with, but. Uh, uh, that's a whole, a whole different story, uh, and in it uh, there's a, a letter written to, and I quote, Kevin and Co. So that must be Kevin Kerslake for the long form, which mm-hmm. is how he called uh, the mu- the music uh, project. Yeah, he gave some ideas and instructions of how we wanted things to be edited yeah. and yeah, uh, add stuff like this. And of course, the interesting thing is that in the final cut of the movie, we don't see this. No, nope. I think most of his ideas were not followed up. But then again, I don't even know if they knew about this letter. It was probably, like I said, something from his journals. He sometimes wrote letters in there, but never sent them out. No. So, or maybe this was a draft or just some ideas he had, and later he changed his mind. My guess would be that Chris and Dave and the editor didn't even have this piece of paper with suggestions. So,
1: we know that Kurt sometimes had like very extreme ideas in in terms of, like, creativity, but that they didn't always happen because sometimes it was also just his mind thinking of things but not even being extremely serious about doing that. It's not a complete concept for the whole movie. And I can see why doing, well, I mean, fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) like that could have made for a... uh, a very, uh, imbalanced, uh, video yeah. eventually. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. perhaps we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of Kurt's uh, ideas, uh, yeah. later on <laughs> first, we're going to jump, uh, jump to, um, a couple of minutes uh, later where we get to see the now pretty famous bouncer incident yeah. from October, 1991 first well we first we're gonna have a look at, uh, at what what happened and uh, what we get to see in the movie and then I got some special thing that I uh, just came across quite quite recently yes. but uh, we're gonna have a look and listen first It starts off with them just being at a um, at a show, much smaller venue than uh, we saw before,
2: yeah.
0: you can already see uh, the bouncer right in front of, uh, at the, front yeah. of the stage. He's,
1: uh, he's sitting in the front to uh, keep um, crowd yeah. service off the stage basically, yeah. wearing his, his bandana.
0: Yeah. Kirk jumps into the audience bouncer tries to grab him slaps him in the face with his guitar and then the bouncer starts hitting him and kicking him immediately Chris and Dave uh, intervene which is really cool to see I think (laughs) sticking up for the the body the
1: stage is so small that they just (laughs) have to do one step and then they're in between them already
0: Chris Novoselic even had to do only like a half a step because he's so so (laughs) tall (laughs) hear the other version of Love was uh, coming in
1: this is not them playing this is them playing again
0: yep in Amsterdam
1: in Amsterdam and then the first things that we see is uh, people from the audience uh, jumping on stage and crowd serving without any issue Yeah, without any
0: bouncers yeah
1: just being very excited but also polite.
0: Yeah. Because that's how we do things in Amsterdam. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So the um, the film mixes those two versions together and basically doesn't doesn't stop and focus on that whole bouncer incident, but just no. takes it out. Something that happened, and then we just go yeah to the rest of the song at another venue because they probably yeah. didn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with no, the no, bouncer. no,
0: no. I'm uh, they. They surely didn't finish no. that first uh, no uh, show. Absolutely not. Um, and um, while well, looking at this one more time, I get to feel that it's also a bit about Kurt's behavior on stage and his, you know. Recklessness, yeah. Because also in the second show we see him staring at the camera yep. and feedbacking and taking off his guitar and yeah, you know, going threateningly at a, at the cameraman yep. and yeah. So it's it it gives him a sense of danger. Yep. And I think the message here is somewhat like it was always there. It yep. was There in the beginning and it's it's still there. Exactly. Yeah. But I think you're totally right that by um, cutting to the halfway the song um, to another performance. That kind of takes away the intensity of the incident.
1: I like that. It's not like you show the incident and it's important, but it's not sensational. It's not like, oh, look, and then this happened. It's like, yeah, this happened. And then, yeah, other shows happened and other things happened um, as well. But it's not the focus, yeah. which uh, which I like.
0: Yeah. So you think it's a, the right choice?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Looking at this uh, movie uh, so many years later, uh, I came to realize that there's so much stuff from Life Tonight sold out, which is now on YouTube as yep. separate clips. Yep. Mostly taken directly from uh, from this release. And then, oh, like a rare uh, <laughs> yeah, home exactly. video or footage or yep. whatever. Um, also, you can see the uh, bouncer incident on YouTube without fading into the Amsterdam performance. Yep. So you can see... Uh, the whole, the whole thing. And it's, uh, it's like uh, a legendary event <laughs> yes. in their uh, in their career. So I think most fans uh, will immediately know what I mean when I say the bouncer incident. Uh, what I didn't know is that actually uh, the bouncer who's in the video and who actually had a had a fight with Kurt uh, later uh, told his story in an interview.
1: Ah, nice. So uh,
0: I found that. His name is uh, Turner Van Blarkham. Sounds Dutch. Sounds Dutch. No, not <laughs> Turner, but Van Blarkem. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he was interviewed for a film by a guy called uh, Justin Powers. Uh, he made a documentary about uh, punk rock in Dallas. And uh, here's what he had to say about the incident and especially the aftermath of the uh, incident.
2: God bless the dad. Anyway, he was having a bad night, I guess. Smashing the monitor board. Cracked my head open. Chased down the parking lot, punched his cab window out. I thought I was going to prison, and it wasn't very funny at the time. I hauled ass, hit out with my pappy for a good week. or So, and I come back, and uh, everything was cool. i had to get sta- I'd get staples in my head immediately. I didn't want to go to the hospital, cause I thought the cops were gonna be little for me, you know? Because when you punch rich people, bad business. Rich people got money, and they can do all kinds of terrible things to you. Yeah, he cracked my melon open. I didn't remember, I couldn't remember any of that shit until... I got off stage and my, my buddy, a, a brother of mine, Jeff Lyles, kept me out of a lot of trouble. He he contacted those people and was letting them know that I'm not, you know, <clears throat> whatever. I it wasn't going after the motherfuckers. Shit. <laughs> and I kept thinking that Guffin Records was gonna sue me and kept sending me letters. So I stole them away. I was afraid to look at them. And Biker Mark's like, hey man. Let's see what these assholes got to say. He opens up um, and goes, holy shit. You know, they fucking sent, sent me three, uh, uh offer. Uh, I, thought were, I thought they were coming after me, right? They thought I was going to sue him or them or whatever. Man, I'm going to sue somebody over a bar fight? I don't think so. You know what I mean? I mean, he's a guy, uh, Kurt Cobain was just having a bad day, man. I don't know. I was in the right place at the wrong time kind of thing, Dr. John.
1: I guess he didn't see the afterwards <laughs> it's like this is like yeah man but look look at the video you you punched him hard <laughs> yeah you
0: started kicking him yeah. yeah but then again kurt smacked his guitar in his face so yeah but that's the, pretty harsh as well and yeah, he said because the bouncer was secretly trying to hit him already when when he was in the crowd so
1: it's weird i mean it's hard to see what happens you could also because there's a lot of people pulling on Kurt as well, and the bouncer is I think seemingly trying to get him back on stage, or at least that should be his job. I can also see him with his guitar not maybe not even specifically hitting him, but just sort of trying to hold on and move. Um, I think he was hitting him. Uh, he was on probably hitting him. Yeah. But I mean <laughs> there is a difference between Lying on your back in a crowd and, and holding your guitar. And then, yeah, just running after somebody <laughs> and hitting and kicking him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, apparently, uh, yeah.
1: Apparently, he, he did Gert had to hide
0: afterwards. Yeah. And <laughs> So, so <laughs> and weird things.
1: because he's he's now acting like, yeah, no, Gert had a bad day and he kicked me. It's like, yeah, but then you... You hit him back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you could have not done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: I don't know. But wow. uh, I thought it was pretty, uh, it's pretty funny. interesting to see that yeah. he actually was interviewed about yeah. this incident. And uh, yeah, got to tell his side of the story. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Was well, it's his moment that, of fame. Yeah.
1: And, then, and he was worried that he was getting sued. I, I, can, I can see that as yeah. an issue. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Same here. So, okay. So let's uh, move on to the next scene, which is also like a very... Famous uh, <laughs> uh, event from the yeah Nirvana mythology yeah. book, I would say. Is there a performance during top of the pops? Uh, we've discussed this before, so just a quick recap. Uh, just a quick recap. Um, they weren't allowed to play "Smells Like Teen Spirit" live, yep. and then eventually they settled for doing only the vocals live. And uh, yeah, then they totally. <laughs> just yeah, made a made one big parody of their of their yeah. show. And, uh, and yeah,
1: just for for people who don't realize Top of the Pop is, is the UK uh, major show uh, yeah. about pop music.
0: It was serious business if yes. you wanted to extend your yeah, career. Exactly, and you weren't supposed to sound anything like this. Love how he strums his guitar like he's playing a whole chord. Yes. When in fact he's only playing two notes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. At at the beginning here, he's he's like really consciously looking into the camera and 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 acting as if he's playing his guitar and being like, yeah.
0: Dave is not even touching his drums with his sticks.
1: Chris is the only one sort of trying to look mm. like he's, but he's <laughs> no. making it too big as well. Yeah. It's, like
0: yeah, it's so funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. Chris is now just dancing with his guitar and not doing yeah. anything else.
0: <laughs> Kurt is just holding his guitar.
2: Yeah. Top bitch. They had to go and rearrange everything. It wasn't me. It wasn't Craig. Is it you? Was this your idea? Is this your idea? How? <laughs> oh. I'm the innocent. I'm the innocent. Oh, is this your idea? Is this your idea? I'll find him who did it. I'll find him. that
0: Russell, Russell? Yeah, I, I think it's so funny that they cut it to the backstage footage of them actually being really proud of the prank they yeah. had pulled. <laughs> I, I think it's uh, it's hilarious.
1: It's very funny, and um, I I think um, this audience deserved this because their clapping is horrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I I'm pretty sure it's not their fault. There's probably been somebody in the studio there like egging them on and being like, yeah. Need to, you need to clap with the song because that's how you show that you like it. But, like, that whole bunch of, of British teenagers just clapping, uh, yeah, uh, it's totally
0: inappropriate. <laughs> so <Emma>. inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, while well, thinking back at um, Gary's email, the, uh, the guy who actually uh, suggested this uh, topic for our uh, podcast series, I can imagine that back in the day, you couldn't very easily get access to the video footage of this. So probably the fans in the United States didn't know what happened or maybe they only heard the audio from a bootleg or something like that. And uh, yeah, I think so. Nowadays, you can just, you know, find it all over YouTube and everybody knows it who's interested. But yeah, back then it was probably brand new footage for people who bought the video. I thought, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) This is really funny. And it's so cool how they don't, Give a yeah, shit about yeah, anything, about exactly. being on top of the pops.
1: Yeah, I, I I think you're you're hitting on something there that was also dawning on me while while I was watching this now again, not just this but the whole video. And sometimes being like, let's say, slightly underwhelmed that we are now so used to so much of this footage, especially those funny backstage things where you see like Kurt and Chris uh, and Dave, like looking into the camera and being all jokey and ha ha and whatever. And I just realized like, that's what we have now all the time. That's yeah. the internet. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's people doing their videos on, on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and whatever. So sometimes when I would see something like that in this video, it'd be like, oh yeah, uh, not funny, like really childish. And then you're like, oh wait, but this was like (laughs) early 90s. Um, And you have to sort of realize that it was such a different time.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that people weren't used to seeing um, home video footage from rock stars. No, no. Especially because it's so, you know, unproduced and unprepared or anything. I mean, it's just them backstage, fooling around, maybe not even thinking about one day that footage might come out or anything. Exactly. Just for themselves. I mean, yeah. it's,
1: it's... You sometimes would see something like that on, for instance, MTV, but then it would still be more formal because they would be like jokey in the studio when yeah. they got an interview. And we see stuff like that here as well. But it's, again, not everything was worldwide. So,
0: yeah. We also have to... Yeah, take the circumstances of, the, uh, of 1994 uh, into yeah. account when we uh, look back at this video. yeah Okay, so uh, on to the next uh, scene.
1: ...Nirvana's final US stage appearance until late February, when the band will play Hawaii at the conclusion of a Pacific Rim tour, which starts January 24th in Australia.
2: It's a show of seven months worth of touring.
0: this uh, to have a look and uh, to have a look at and a listen to because um, I think it captures their duality so well. Mm-hmm. I mean just the introduction is this her sort of last show of seven months of he's he's worn out. Yeah. And he's not trying to hide that. No. But then again when they launch into the song it's so energetic. And I think that really says something about them as a band. Always, you know, on one side really fed up with things on the other side still energetic and the crowd is going wild, so uh, I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was good to look at. And uh, they were they were really really tired, and there yeah. was a lot of pressure on them, and they were working really hard, and they could still rock really hard as well. But you know, it didn't come easy to them.
1: No, I, I agree. I think you, it's it's nice to see that, and it's also although there's a lot of bad shows as well. Some of them are in <laughs> this video as well, but the energy was always there. And that is that is really cool to see, definitely.
0: Yeah, and you might even argue that uh, in the end that was what they were all about, especially as a live band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's have another look. Playing it as as sloppy as you want. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is another (laughs) remarkable uh, moment also from their Amsterdam performance. And uh, um, this is one of those uh, scenes where Kurt had an idea to do something with it.
1: (laughs) I I hope so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, he wanted to put in another subtitle saying rockstar lesson when your guitar is out of tune sing out of tune along with it <laughs> Which i think it's really funny it is and it's also true because you hear him in the beginning uh, struggling to yeah get the tuning of his guitar right and he start playing the song anyway yeah. and then when he realizes oh this is sounding bad the only thing that he could do it's was
1: like make it worse make yeah. it worse yeah <laughs> exactly.
0: when it's bad make it worse yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. and it's pretty pretty funny and uh yeah yeah and it, again it yeah, it gives off like a sense of danger, like anything can happen. Yeah. yeah. They can mess up a song. They can have a very great, um, a ver- play a very great version of it. That's, yeah. can go anywhere. And that's just, um, yeah, I, for an audience that must be very exciting. Like you really don't know if they're going to be great or if they're going to be lousy, if they're going to be happy or angry, if they're going <laughs> to finish the show no. or not. <laughs> exactly. You don't really know. Yeah.
1: I do think like, Moments like these could have benefited from that. From the subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Because without it, this scene is really weird. Because it's like, okay, you show off what you do. And you have so much footage to choose from.
0: Why would you pick the worst (laughs) live version of Come As You Are? One of their big hits.
1: Exactly. To
0: put in a movie, yeah. Yeah,
1: and because you don't, I mean yeah, we can hear that he's out of tune and then it makes a lot of sense. But if you don't really explain that, um, I think it can be extremely confusing for people. So it's like, yeah, I think it would have been good to have stuff like that in there just to explain it a bit. So it's, on the one hand, I like the fact that they don't explain anything, but in moments like these, it's it's a bit difficult. I don't think yeah, it perhaps. helps. But,
0: but, but I think that uh, if you don't, Understand that about the band, and you, you have already turned off this video because we've seen so many moments that you know are confusing or don't True. seem to make any th- sense, or yeah, doesn't show the best side of the band. True. Then yeah. you're also thinking, why is he singing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" so weird? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What are they doing? Yeah,
1: but there you can you can see it very clearly in the imagery that because yeah, you course. can hear it's it's playback, you can see them faking it um, on yeah, purpose. Yeah, of course. But so I, it's, I mean, yeah. there's,
0: there's a lot of stuff already that if yeah. you don't... Yeah. If, if if you're not rooting for the band, then you think, oh, this is just bad or this yeah. is just weird. Or, no, true. Or I don't even understand this. Why am yeah. I <laughs> looking at this? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I still think that it would be nice to have Kurt's sarcastic subtitles yeah. in here.
1: Exactly. Because sometimes, especially... In his legacy, I think uh, a lot of people tend to forget how sarcastic and funny and and not taking himself seriously he could be, and the rest of the band as well. And I think sometimes that's a bit forgotten a bit. So it could have helped here.
0: I, I wonder, by the way, who came up with the title for the movie, Life Tonight Sold Out. I mean, oh, that yeah. sold out is obviously sarcastic uh, sarcastic as yeah. well, as they, you know, they were called sellouts and, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah.
1: It sounds like a really traditional title. It sounds yeah. like an Elvis movie or something like that. Yeah. It has that yeah, old-fashioned... Uh, maybe there is actually... I mean, I haven't researched this. Maybe there is something like an Elvis special or whoever.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Life Tonight's full. Out. Yeah, life. yeah I, don't, I don't know. I haven't like, looked at that as no. well. But um, but it
1: has that kind of feel to it. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it,
0: it feels like something that Gert could have come up with. Yeah. But then again, uh, like you said in the beginning, it can also be a bit confusing because people expect a concert. Yeah. And maybe they think that it's serious. Actually, that serious, that they're actually proud of, like they're sold out and that they're yeah. drawing big crowds. While well, in fact, if the movie is about anything, I would say it's about how they didn't want the big audiences. No, exactly. Yeah. Or at least not all, all of the time. No. By the way, um, I've seen an interview with Dave from his uh, Nirvana days where, where he also said, yeah, I don't like r- arena rock and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yes, it Steve. would have been so
0: cool if that quote <laughs> was in his movie as well, given the fact that uh, after that he uh, started a band that would grow uh, <laughs> to be like one of the big stadium rock bands yeah. of the decades to follow. But, uh yeah, <laughs> which is fine, by the way. I yeah, mean, people nothing wrong can with that. Change but... their opinions. Yeah, so.
1: for sure. But I, I think in the
0: same interview he also made some remarks about rich people. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was young Dave. Yeah. yeah. So let's have a look at a uh, quote from interview, uh, talking about writing lyrics.
2: The band recently described their own sound as the knack and the Bay City Rollers being molested by Black Flag and Black Sabbath. Kurt is the songwriter in the band. Music comes first. Music is number one. Lyrics are secondary. You know, my Sharona, what the hell is my Sharona? (laughs) But it changed my life. It did. (laughs) My Sharona.
1: The funny thing is, you can't hear the lyrics, you can't remember the lyrics, but you still love the songs, remember the songs. It's just very powerful, very primal, and just, you know, very liberating. anyone feels like they can go nuts, I think.
2: And it's the kind of stuff that sticks in your head because the songs are so simple and basic, and sort of s- stark and, you know. Yeah, just they're really basic songs, mm-hmm. just pop. Just like the children's songs you learn when you're a yeah. kid, you know, you remember those all your life. Everyone was so fascinated by Nirvana because they sold so many records. Why couldn't you be fascinated by them because that guy writes really good lyrics and they they rock. You seem to complain about the apathy of our generation. Is that right? Whatever you want to make out of it. It's up to you. And do you share this
0: those- your crossword puzzle? Most of the lyrics are
2: just like contradictions and I'll write a few sincere lines and then I'll have to make fun of it with another line, you know, like a rebuttal or something. It's just
0: I don't like to make things too obvious because if it is too obvious, it, it gets really stale. You just, things just shouldn't be in people's faces 100% all the time. We don't mean to be really cryptic or, you know, mysterious, but I just I just think that lyrics that are different and kind of weird and spacey paint a nice picture. You know, it's just. The way I like art, I see you laughing a bit about this. Uh, yeah, quotes.
1: This, this, this that final quote. Um, when you see it, you see Kurt like lying on the floor against the, the sunglasses wall, on. sunglasses on, and being like, Yeah, art. It's like very like Andy Warhol type <laughs> of. Oh, I'm gonna say something about art, and it's gonna be pretentious. And I know it's just for uh, for the publicity, but I'll do it anyway, which I find really funny. Um, <laughs> and also, I, I I love this whole this whole part because it's like one big contradiction, which is cool. It's nice. It's nice to to hear them say things that are on the one hand they mean it. And on the other hand, it's like, ah, uh, but what are they saying? What is important? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah, but but uh, that's just like how Kurt described, just yeah. described his own lyrics. Yeah, and then I say something sincere, and then I undercut it yeah. and make fun of it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A lot of contradictions. Yeah, yeah, and Which I also kept f- people puzzling and guessing.
1: Yeah, I also find it funny that in in the beginning of this fragment that it, it's introduced by. Um, someone with a British accent saying, Kurt is a songwriter of the yeah. band. <laughs> so, it's like as if they were extremely unknown or if, if well, it's something maybe from the 50s, that's a, I don't that's know. a piece
0: from when they were unknown.
1: Could be, yeah. It's, or at
0: least to the viewers of that show. I don't know where yeah. it came from, so yeah. No idea, but it's it, funny. it sounds so weird now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and then you have the... That's also something that I an, enjoy very much throughout this whole... Video is the uh, the uh, the French interviewers <laughs> because yeah. they all ask the really pretentious questions. <laughs> they, they the the French journalists really live up to the uh, um, yeah what 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 everybody thinks about French people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you lived in France for a while, yeah, so, you, so you, you're you're to know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's always funny that. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of um, interviews, well, some of them are uh, in the movie and some of them you can find on YouTube that, especially with foreign um, journalists, they don't bother to no. give a serious answer no. or take them seriously or anything, no. probably because they're tired or they don't yeah. see the point in... Uh, answering the same question in 10 different countries or anything. No,
1: which makes total sense because after a while you just, you get the same questions over and over again, just in a different country from a different journalist, but that's, and that was, I think that's why they have more and more of those compilations in this video as well, where you hear more and more, like as the, as the video progresses, you get more and more different languages that don't even get subtitles, but just. So you can see how big they were and how yeah. many people were talking about them, which I yeah. think is nice. Yeah,
0: I think so too. And yeah. it's also and not
1: about the content; like we don't need the subtitles. We 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 get it. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think it is very well done. How like the intensity builds up. Yep. Until you get like a feel of what actually was coming at them at the time. Yep. And how? Uh, let's have a look at uh, one of those uh, collages uh, towards the end of the movie. Purposely mis- right now, the biggest alternative band in the world is probably Nirvana. No, no, no. Yeah.
2: We're in Nottingham Road City and
1: it's freezing. It's going to be getting hot a bit later because Nirvana are playing here tonight.
2: But then grunge became a concept too. Just three more guys with long hair and guitars. But then grunge became a concept too. there's not exactly a revolution. え。We're going to start scooting around. The beat so to speak, just waiting for the chance to get our journalistic teeth into the wholesome
1: new wave of metal and rock acts uh, bursting out of Seattle.
2: Welcome back to the Headbangers head Ball, I, I don't know yeah. that much about you. You must be talking about grunge. Grunge. <laughs> hey, can I wear that flannel shirt? Nirvana's exhilarating stripped-down music was a sensation, but the band itself was wary of big-time rock stardom and started cancelling shows early in the year. Rumors immediately started building about the group's weird behavior and allegedly wasted lifestyle. Weird behavior and allegedly wasted lifestyle. And allegedly wasted lifestyle. And I love The human beings who living their life get a lot of joy and
0: inspiration. From seeing that they're not all alone, that's a positive thing about life. Entertainment gives something to the society, unlike most people in Washington. Yeah, I, th- I think this is like the the point that most of the movie is working towards. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really good good collage of things, and it, there's a nice build up to it. I like, like you said, they don't give subtitles or translations for the stuff in foreign languages. Uh, sometimes quotes are cut off mid sentence, and yeah, I, I really like the effect that that gives.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I I also like let's say the honesty in it because that quote from Kurt Loader from MTV that they actually repeat like two or three times, uh, where he says like. Um, they canceled some dates and there's like stories about their weird behavior and wasted lifestyle and stuff like that. I like that they put it in there because things were going wrong for them also on a personal level. Yeah, and but- they show how how like a big broadcaster like MTV presents that and how, how it was perceived by the people as well. Like... They're really big, but then they started canceling tours. So what's what's up with that? And I think that Kurt Loader is is nice about it. Um, we also have to think about like back then, um, I think journalism was a bit nicer than it is now because we have, again, now we have internet, more gossip, people have to be, be like more on top of it. The fact that they take that as a central point and repeat it a couple of times, um, Says so much about how they are willing to um, to show how they were perceived yeah. at that moment, um, which was yeah, partly true, of course.
0: But I think at that point, Kurt still tried to tell the story of how all kind of strange rumors were spread yep. that didn't that were just ridiculous and didn't have yep. a base of yeah because this was and now we know that yeah in fact they did not all of them i mean no not everything was accurate of course uh, but this was this there was, was something going earlier
1: on. than like this was before the really big problems started this yeah. this is from the time that they were basically just exhausted and realized that it was like this is this is too much yeah. for us we can't do it
0: yeah you can always argue about what are the big problems and what's the exact moment sure. that it all started. And there's yeah. still different stories about when Kurt first took heroin. Exactly. And, and Yeah, I we mean, don't... What don't. was going on before that, which is just, just his yeah. mental well-being. I mean, yeah. And we'll, we'll never know. Yeah. And that's not an exact science, so, so you can never tell. But uh, yeah, you're right. Things wouldn't go better after this, that's for sure. No, no. Yeah. Um, what I do think is strange is that after this collage uh, this, the movie goes on for yeah. quite a bit yeah I don't really understand that or maybe my interpretation of that this is like the, the point that the movie works towards is just not how they intended it
1: it might have been I, I totally agree I found it weird as well but I think we shouldn't forget that this was finished in um, 94 after Kurt died um, this shows, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast already. This shows, let's say, the the middle part of their career, and a lot happened after this. They made okay. another <laughs> made a, made another album. They toured again. Um, Did the unplugged show exactly? So yeah. I can sort of get that maybe Chris and Dave didn't want it to end there because then it would feel as if like oh and they missed shows and they and then it all imploded and Kurt died the end which obviously wasn't the case so I I would assume that that would be a reason it's still storytelling wise it feels weird but yeah I I would say that that might have been why
0: yeah because I really like the final scene of the movie which is uh The thing that we're going to uh, have a look at uh, right now, but I think, yeah, it would have made more sense if this came pretty short after the whole thing about grunge becoming a concept and the rumors and the worldwide uh, hysteria around the band. Uh, Yeah. So uh, we go um, back uh, to uh, Rio one more time. They're just messing around with his guitar in front of thousands and <laughs> thousands, uh, thousands <laughs> people. of people. Um, I don't know what drug he was on.
1: He doesn't look healthy, that's for sure.
0: There's something in the system. Mm. And he just crawls off stage. Then they cut to black, or they fade to black, I should say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I think um, they could have presented this as like funny and uh, look at them just uh, being all messy and then giving giving the crowd everything they got and then crawling off stage or yeah something like that. But yeah, given the tragic end of Gert's uh, life, I mean that uh, yeah.
1: No, this has uh, this this have has quite clearly a different meaning. Yeah. Especially absolutely. because there's no there's no fun scene just before this. And no. he just he, he he looks bad. He's tired. He's we don't know what he's feeling and the way he crawls off is not funny or jokey. This no, but is it just did, it yeah. could have been. I it mean, could have been. But yeah. it just it's sad. It's like
0: you, yeah
1: it's 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 him checking out basically. Which yeah. is
0: but also that's like hindsight.
1: For sure. But this video was made in hindsight.
0: Yeah, partly. Okay, we we don't know how much of the movie was actually finished that's true. when Kirk still lived. I mean, he gives pretty detailed suggestions in, yeah. the, in the note that we've discussed. So that gives me the impression that most of the work was already done. Mm-hmm. And then he just wanted to add stuff like subtitles, or cut to this scene or take that mm-hmm. out. I mean, you you can't do that if there's not that much to work with yet. No. So I think there was like a rudimental version of it, or maybe a, uh, a script with all the details.
1: Maybe this was already in there, and and he wanted it to be in there, and then you could speculate about what he was trying to say about himself. True. True.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be really interesting to yeah. know that what end of the movie did Kurt want to have? Yeah. I don't. I mean, I have a look at the uh, at uh, the letter from his uh, journal. Uh, Right now, but um, no, there's nothing, uh, no, nothing about in there. that in there. He talks about, at a scene where I hand the guitar to the audience. I think it's from Reading. Um, and actually, I wanted to uh, present two more things, like uh, the bonus material. Yep. I don't know if you've looked it up, but uh, on the DVD version of uh, Live Tonight Sold Out, there was uh, an extra, like I, th- I think even like a sort of a hidden bonus track. Yeah. It's a rehearsal version of the band playing uh, On a Plane. As we all know, <laughs> or at least as our uh, regular listeners know, uh, yeah, your favorite song because <laughs> of the great rhyming. Exactly. Um, Best lyrics ever. Yeah. <laughs> the audio is pretty crappy, so uh, we do not going to throw a lot of it in there. But uh, I thought just to be complete, yep. we should nice. at least mention this and uh, put it in. Yeah, remembering that this was probably unreleased footage at the time for yep. a fan. Seeing them in a rehearsal room would probably be a, a big thing. Yeah. And something that maybe you've never had seen before. So uh, nope. uh, then again, saying that, I don't know when the DVD version was released.
1: I looked it up and I am now oh, going to look yeah. at my notes. Check to your see notes if I actually maybe
0: I should... Uh,
1: noted it down. 2006, ah, November 2006. Right.
0: Ah, okay, so... So
1: a long time after. Yeah, okay.
0: So in that case, I get the feeling that maybe they just needed something as bonus stuff and this is what they found and just randomly threw in there. I don't know why you would select this particular song or performance.
1: No, especially because there's no rehearsal footage in the video itself. But maybe that is the reason. Also, I think that uh, for me, the <laughs> the best thing about this bonus track is that you can see that um, Chris uh, actually, even in rehearsal, jumps up at the start of the song <laughs> after the count of four. He just jumps for his first note. and That's nice. That's even in rehearsal. So it's yeah not for show.
0: Sure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and the final um, piece of uh, bonus footage I would like uh, to share with you is that... Uh, Uh, From his note, uh, you can learn that Kurt wanted to uh, have a um, rendition of Sifting in there Ah. with uh, Jason Everman. So it was a bit, yeah, it was even before the the Nevermind period uh, when Jason was still their second guitar player. You can find uh, the performance um, on YouTube, of course. So uh, I thought maybe we'd have a look and try to find out why would Kurt want to include this in the movie. It's a record store performance from 1989.
1: Yeah, you can see all the records behind them. Kurt's
0: yeah. hair is really long. Yeah. So the big question is why did Kurt want to include this uh, in the and movie? Because it doesn't fit into the timeline no, of the no, film? I mean not at like all. we said it's all from a specific period. Yeah. So this would have been like a flashback or something like that?
1: It is a sort of professional recording because it's it's recorded with two cameras. It switches between cameras and you see a time code in frame. So that means that this wasn't like just somebody bringing their camera. It maybe the yep. record store itself or whatever. I, I'm I'm surprised that they could actually fit two cameras in that <laughs> yeah. tiny space. It is good footage
0: though. I never it seen this. It is that's nice. maybe that's why Kurt wanted to have it in. Like the audio no,
1: is good as well. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. it was
0: like this is how we were shortly before all of this happened. Yeah. something like that. Or yeah, maybe he wanted to. Uh, Give Jason Everman like some credits, like yeah, but it would have like, been like, like, like maybe not even like uh, talking about the person Jason Jason Everman, but stressing the point. He said in interviews that we that they were always meant to be a four piece, right, and not a three piece band. So maybe he wanted to show like we weren't always these three guys, because yeah. it's still uh, Chad Channing on the drums as yeah. well. So yeah, it kind of puzzles me. Also, why he would pick this song? Because I think it's one of the weakest songs from the Bleach album.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. And and I assume that there's more songs that they did that they recorded just as nicely. Yeah. I guess
0: so. But uh yeah Kurt uh maybe he just liked the performance or 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 whatever. He had his reasons to yeah. ask uh this uh yeah this to be thrown in there but uh yeah it didn't make the final cut.
1: No, it's uh it's nice to have that on YouTube though. If if you're listening and you have never seen it, like I hadn't seen it, go uh, go and see it because it's it's really interesting footage. It's so different. It's like yeah, it's puzzling because we don't have that much from that era, video wise. So no, not of a
0: good quality. No, no. I exactly. mean, there's enough live sure. performances and stuff like that. But
1: yeah, but this this is both
0: the audio and the and, and, the, and video the video footage is It's good. also
1: really really close up, so you can see them yeah. all really well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: it is nice, yeah. So as a whole, how do you feel about Life Tonight Soul Out?
1: I think it works for what it is. I I can't help but think about how much better it probably would have been if Kurt would still have been involved with it. Um, I think that would have made it more coherent. Um,
0: Yeah, probably, especially if he was... Really committed to it yeah. and really took the time and effort to work on it. Sit next to uh, the director or editor and exactly. yeah, like, like he did with the Teen Spirit mo- uh, video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He said, Take this out, put that in. Maybe we could do this, Yeah, Maybe we could do that.
1: I do appreciate the fact that they released it anyway. And I can, I can totally see um, why back then this would have been really relevant to people. Like we said in the beginning, we sort of overlooked this and looking at it now, it doesn't have the relevance anymore because most of the footage is online. We've seen it, we know it, and a lot of it feels dated. But I can totally see how if you've seen this in like 94, 95, it would have made a big impact. Yeah, for sure. And it, it definitely tries to tell a story, which I think is interesting because it does tell you a bit about what Nirvana was about and what they wanted to show of themselves.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, And also what I now appreciate, which, like like I said, I I kind of missed out on the movie back in the day and I remember seeing some stuff. uh, I remember seeing um, some clips of it and then I thought it's just weird cutting to a different performance of the same song halfway through. I didn't really understand it. Now I get to think. Wow, it's cool that it's so it really fits the band, but especially Kurt. We talked about this before how he liked making collages, yeah. from audio but also from from pictures, yeah. And and this feels like that as well. That's what I really like about it and appreciate it. And uh, later stuff that came out are more like documentaries, really telling a story. People True. sitting down for an interview, looking back at what happened. And this is like showing you what happened yeah. and give you. It's more about the feeling than the facts. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I, I, I really like about it. So, yeah, uh
1: I agree. It would have been nice if it had a bit more visuals maybe to it. Now that I'm thinking about it, you're saying about like Kurt and his collage and whatever, and also the artwork that he often did. We don't see any of that in this. True. No,
2: Even
1: that's, the, that's the, right. The titles at the beginning and the end are really like, boring that could have been interesting to frame it a bit more into an like artistic kind of frame yeah yeah
0: my guess would be that they only would do that if kurt had made something for yeah. it and he just he, didn't he probably didn't no. he probably didn't so no. yeah so uh but on, on, uh, as a whole uh i'm really yeah i'm really glad that we uh took this dive into uh Live tonight, sold out. So uh, I want to thank uh, Gary for uh, sending us that email.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was really good to, uh, to get into this.
0: I yeah, really enjoyed and, uh, it. Maybe uh, Gary or some other listeners have other suggestions that we follow up on. We don't make any promises anymore. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just... Uh, just wait and see. But uh, if you have a good idea, just send us an email. You can send it to surewoodpodcast at gmail.com. That's still our very <laughs> <laughs> strange email address. surewoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Um, and maybe we uh, will do another bonus episode. Maybe we won't. We're just going to see what happens.
1: Yeah. And if we don't, you can always just start again from episode one
0: yeah because why not why not yeah or listen to another podcast about nah, something
1: else. no okay just no. re-listen to us Yes.
0: Yeah. season one episode one and then you can also um hear the difference in the audio quality of <laughs> our podcast exactly yeah uh anyway i want to thank you for uh joining me once again yes of course we're doing this uh, bonus episode and of course i want to thank everybody out there listening if we are uh coming back with another episode of course we hope that you will be back as well to have another listen and uh, for now thanks again and uh, till next time perhaps bye, bye.